Amen. Mary, Mary, did you know? You know, I'm afraid the answer to that question, she didn't have a clue. She, as a matter of fact, after the death and burial of Jesus Christ, went to the tomb to anoint His dead body. She was not expecting Him to climb out of that grave, out of that tomb. She was surprised when she got there and the stone was rolled away and uh, there was a, an angel there that says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? <clears throat> we do not worship a, a dead Savior. Praise the Lord. We, uh, we worship a risen risen Savior. Amen. That uh, though He gave up heaven and put on flesh and lived that 33 year sinless perfect life in our stead because, well, that's what it takes for us to go to heaven, right? Sinless perfection. And I know, and you know, that I am not sinlessly perfect. And if I popped your bubble just now, I apologize, but... The truth is, is that there's none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And uh, Jesus Christ, if He was going to save anybody, He had to live that sinless life for us. And then die, because the wage of sin is death, and then be raised again for our justification, that we might be endued and endowed with power from on high by the Holy Spirit of God coming to take up residence on the inside of us, old things passed away, all things become new, and we become new creations in Christ Jesus, and the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Boy, what a song that is, and for us to realize that all of the things, Mary, did you know that your baby boy was going to do one, two, three, four, five, all of these things? No, no, I knew that he was special, I knew that he was a gift of God. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning is the original Christmas gift. You kind of sang my message this morning in that uh, you were singing about the birth, the original gift that God gives to us. A lot of people think that Christmas gift giving started with the Magi or with the wise men that came from the east and they came bearing gifts and they say they brought gold and incense and myrrh and those are the only three things that are mentioned. I believe that there's a lot more to that than was written there. Those were just three uh, examples. I think that because of those three gifts, we have a mistake of thinking that there were only three wise men. But I believe there was more like 20 or 30. There was a horde of those men that came from the east to find the babe of Bethlehem that was born in the manger and to bear gifts, to bring glory and to bring honor uh, to Him. But the original Christmas gift came earlier than the Magi, earlier than the wise men. It was Christ Himself that God sent His Son in the form, in the likeness of human flesh, as a babe, yes, I know, We've been talking about the Advent season and the first two Sundays of the Advent. Actually, one of them was the last Sunday of November and the first Sunday of December. We talked about this, this first, uh, the second Advent. That means the second coming of Christ and how we were looking forward to that in anticipation 
Uh, can't wait for Christ to come back. Oh, I know that the next coming of Christ, He's going to you know, be in the air. He's not going to put His foot on the ground. And we shall rise to meet Him in the air, and those that are alive and remain shall join us, and we shall ever be with the Lord. And then, of course, that rapture is going to spur the great tribulation of seven, and a, seven years, three and a half, three and a half, three, three and a half years of regular tribulation, three and a half years of great tribulation where God is pouring out the bowls of wrath on this earth. And then at the end of that, of course, the, the thousand-year millennial reign, and that's the second advent. That's the second coming of Christ. He's going to put his foot down here on this earth and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. But, uh, and then, of course, at the end of that, then eternity begins. We get to go to heaven. (laughs) I'm excited about that. I saw a smile just kind of flash across that face. And yes, sir, uh, that ought to make you smile when you realize that this is not the end. We've got at least seven more years and then another thousand years after that that we know that this earth is going to last that long. But at the end, then this earth will melt with a fervent heat and even the elements that we breathe, the air is going to melt with a fervent heat and God will create a new heaven and a new earth and we shall be with Him for eternity. Eternity. Are you ready for that? I see my granddaughter over there shaking her head up and down. Amen. Amen. Layla Grace. Go girl. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to that. But what I want to talk to you about for just the next few minutes, and I realize I'm going to cash in some time. I only have five pages of notes. So I'm kidding. It's just a, it's not even a half a page. All right? we'll, uh, we'll go through this rather quickly once it gets started. But, you know, the Bible says in John 3.16, everybody knows that verse. I guess it's the most well-loved and known verse in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That God so loved the world that He gave, He gave, He gave. You do understand that the gift of God is eternal life. The wage of sin is death. Because of man's sin, death came into the world. But even though because man's sin, death came into the world, but the gift of God is eternal life, Through Jesus Christ our Savior, there's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I am the way, not a way, but I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the gift, the original Christmas gift, was the gift that He gave of His Son when He sent Jesus Christ. Romans 6.23, maybe you know this one not as well as uh, John 3.16, but maybe you know this one as well. It says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Savior. The very letters of the word, gift. And I'm not you know, real big on acronyms and I'm really not very big on preaching topical sermons. I would much rather give exegesis and that type of sermon built around a certain scripture and break that scripture down and try to suck all the marrow out of the bone of it. But sometimes, you know, breaking breaking a sermon down into a topic, a topic, the gift, the gift, the special gift that God gave to the world. For God so loved the world. Uh, Who is he speaking to there, by the way? Do you know anybody? I know I'm behind the pulpit. You're not supposed to talk back to the preacher when he's in the pulpit. If he's behind the podium on the floor, we can have conversation. But I'm inviting you this time. Who who was Jesus speaking to in John 3.16 when he said, For God so loved the world 
Anybody? Nicodemus? Yeah, Nicodemus. Who was he? He was a Jew. He was a religious ruler. Uh, lost, but religious. There's a lot. There's thousands, if not millions, of religious people today who, uh, who know about Jesus Christ, but don't know Him intimately, don't know Him personally, have never fallen head over heels madly, passionately in love with the person of Jesus Christ. But Jesus is talking to a religious man that God had called the nation of Israel out of the land of earth through the father Abraham to come into Canaan, into the, you know, the land flowing with milk and honey and to build a new people unto himself, the Jews, Hebrews. And they thought, and rightfully so for a specific amount of time, that they were God's people. Nobody else. Nobody on the whole planet, but that God had chosen the nation of Israel. But now here we find Jesus, the Messiah, speaking to a Jew and telling him that, oh, by the way, Nicodemus came to him at night undercover, not wanting anybody else to see him associating with this man called the king of the Jews. And he comes to him by night and says, Sir, we know that thou art come from God, for no man can do the things that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus looked at him and it was like, shut up, that's not what you're here for. And he kind of cut through the red tape and all the stuff that Nicodemus had on his heart and mind and got right down to the core of what it's really all about. And he said, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's not that he may not, but that he cannot, except he receive life. That's what new birth is. It's regeneration, being born again. And except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For God, but he's telling Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. Nicodemus, not just the Jews, not just the people of the land of Canaan. God loves every kindred, every tongue, every nation, every peoples of the whole world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now I'm thankful that I can call myself by the name of Christ. I'm a Christian, a Christian, a little anointed one is what yen, little, Christ, anointed, anointed one, small. We are imitations of Christ. And I go by the name of Christ by calling myself a Christian. But the Bible says, you know, not to take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And there's a lot of people who go by the name of Christ who wouldn't know Him if they ran into Him walking down the middle of the mall. They say they're a Christian. Little anointed ones, anointed by the Holy Spirit of God, come to take up residence on the inside of them. Old things passed away. All things are new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. If that was true, every church would be open this morning. If that were true, the churches, the pews would be filled to overflowing. You would have to set up speakers outside in the parking lot to accommodate the people that would be here on a Christmas morning. To worship the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, Nicodemus, not just the Jews, but it's every kindred, every tongue, every nation, whosoever, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him. Do you believe? Thou doest well, but the devil also believes and trembles. You understand? It's not just a head knowledge of the facts. It's a heart knowledge of the individual. It's a heart knowledge of the person. It's a head over heels, madly, passionately, in love, submission and surrender of every inch, every ounce, every fiber of your being to the lordship of the person that we say we love. For God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever loves Him back, that's what that word believe means. It carries with it the, uh, the idea of faith, not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. I believe in you to the point that I'm willing to surrender everything that I am to everything that you are. That makes a big difference in the amount, the number of people that are going to make it through those gates. Because there's a lot of people who have a head knowledge of the facts, but they don't have a heart knowledge of the person. They've never fallen in love with Him. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. But few there are that find it. What is the way? I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God so loved the world that He sent me into the Son to die for you. That if you would believe in me and fall in love, head over heels, madly, passionately in love, turn away from the world and turn to Christ, then you might be able to enter into the kingdom of God through faith. For my grace through faith are you saved in that not of yourselves. It's a gift. It's a gift. You see, there's the gift. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has sent us a gift that literally is the gift that keeps on giving. By the power of the Holy Spirit coming to take up residence on the inside of us. And everything about who we are changes in that moment. In that very moment. Well I'm going to give you this acronym. And it explains to us. In the letters of G-I-F-T. About what the gift represents. And what the gift actually does. You see, the gift is not something just to make us happy. We, we love looking at the Christmas tree and all the presents underneath it. And, and thinking about, oh boy, what's in there? I can't wait. I hope that big one's mine. And we're excited about the gift. I got a wonderful gift yesterday, and I got several. I just wanted to let the people who were part of that know how much I appreciate it. But I do not appreciate it on the level of what I appreciate God for the gift of His Son. The price that He paid. Well, G-I-F-T. G. G is for the Gospel. I've already explained what the Gospel is. The Gospel is not just the birth and the death of Jesus Christ. But it is the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and even the coming again. You see, without realizing that Christ is coming again, then the death, burial, and resurrection is, is worthless. If there's no eternal glory to be gained from that, then what good really is the gospel? But though all have sinned, God loved us, the Bible says, so much. For God so loved the world that He became a man. And He became a man in order to die. You see, He became a man. The Bible says... 
for the a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Angels can't die. By the way, you do realize that you cannot die. Oh, it's appointed that a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. But do you really die? Death is just separation. The person on the inside of you looking out through the eyeballs is going to separate from the body, the person on the outside of you. And that separation is what we call death. The body hits the ground, the soul goes on forever, and you never die. You're still conscious. You're still aware of what's going on and where you are. And you will live for an eternity. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And so created He them, male and female. My friend, there is a soul. I told a, a good friend of mine's father one time, Sir, you have a soul. And he looked at me and smiled. He said, Oh, no, son. I don't have a soul. And I said, Yes, sir. Yes, you do. And it'll spend an eternity in heaven or hell. And he looked at me and he says, Well then I guess it'll be hell. And that was the last words we had to each other. And he's been gone for quite a while now. And for that I'm sorry. Because you cannot believe in heaven or hell. You cannot believe in the eternality of the soul. You cannot believe in gravity. But when you step off of the Empire State Building, you'll scream all the way to the concrete. Then you'll meet reality. My friend, the gospel teaches us that there is a God. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is a God who loves us. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Excuse me. Still that song you sang. Jesus for the gospel. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Do we live as though, you know, we're secret, we're chameleon Christians. We wear camouflage in the world to where everybody out there doesn't know really who we are on the inside. Well, I'm afraid that you're really just exposing who you really are on the inside. But then Jesus for the gospel, I is for, I must believe. Certainly you have the gospel, but you have to believe the gospel. Except a man believe, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So faith is not a work, unless faith comes from me. But the faith that saves is a gift of God. So that all of our salvation has been placed firmly. In the hands of God and not in our own hands. I must believe and receive the gift for myself. Making Christ my own personal. It doesn't matter if mom or dad, sister, brother, wife or children. doesn't matter if your friends are Christians. If you've not received Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, you are lost. The only thing that will remedy that is faith. You bending the knee, bounding the head, surrendering your life. John 1.12 says this, But as many as received Him, 
To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So who is it that, that receives life, the gospel? Well, as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Did He give them power to become the sons of God because they received Him? Or did they receive Him because they gave Him power to become the sons of God? I believe the latter is the true statement out of that. I believe that God gives us power through regeneration and illumination to see and feel the weight of our sin and our need in Jesus Christ. And that regeneration or waking us up to be able to see our need brings us to faith and we receive Christ. The question is, is have you? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Not believed, but received. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge, believed and received. Re believing to the point that you surrender and submit and accept Christ as Lord over your life and you surrender the Lordship of your life into His control. That is where salvation takes place. G, the gospel, I must surrender. F is forgiveness. <coughs> And do you understand that when I hear the gospel and God regenerates or illuminates and causes me to see my need and I bend the knee and bow the head and trust Him as my Lord and Savior, then and only then does Christ actually forgive me of my sin. When I receive the gospel, the blood of Christ is applied to my soul. Was it, was it already in the mind of God applied? Yes. Yes, it was. But was I lost just because it was applied to my sin in the mind of God? Was I saved by that? No. No, I have to come to a point in my own life that I bend the knee and actually receive the payment that Christ made. You see, listen. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God who shed His blood from the foundation of the world. But just because His blood in the mind of God was already shed from before the foundation of the world, Jesus still had to show up in life, in flesh, and literally shed His blood for the remission of my sins. And I also, even though that blood was shed for the remission of my sins, and God knew that it was going to wash away my sins, I had to still show up in time and space and matter and bend the knee and sh literally fall in love with but have faith and trust in receive Christ before that blood washed away my sins. Romans chapter 8 1 says this there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. How, how do we get in Christ and Christ in me. It's all by grace. Through faith. In the finished work. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. How do I know whether I'm in Christ Jesus? Oh, here it is. The next part of that verse says, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Hereby do we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar. And the truth's not in Him. So certainly, if I you know, want to follow this gift... For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. If I don't want to perish, the only way I can know that I have passed from death unto life is because I love the Lord and I love the brethren and I would rather be here than anywhere else on the Lord's birthday Amen. worshiping 
our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also says this, G is the gospel I for must believe and receive. Forgiveness comes when I do. But then you see the transformation, the T, G-I-F-T. There is a transformation that takes place in our lives. God begins at that point of bending the knee, bowing the head, surrendering our lives, trusting Him as our Lord and Savior. And at that moment, He begins to make a difference in the person and changing in them into a person that is pleasing to Him. You see, that's, that should be the heart's desire, the desire of our heart, to be pleasing to the Lord, to be pleasing to God in all that we do. I never want to be displeasing to God. I never want to sin. Do I sin? Yes, I sin. And I hate that with a holy hatred. I hate my sin. Have you fallen in hate with your sin or do you still love it? Do you still embrace it? Do you still make, you know, excuses for it? The Bible says make no provision for the flesh. And yet we look into the future. Sometimes a minute, sometimes an hour, sometimes a day or a month or even a year. And we'll make provisions for why we're going to miss out on doing what it is that God has purposed and planned for us to do because we have business elsewhere. We have things that we would rather be doing. But I believe that God starts when we bend the knee and bow the head and surrender our hearts and lives to Him to change us into a different person, into a person that has a desire to be pleasing to Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads like this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? He is a new creature. A new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold. Don't you hate it when that happens? I hear a vibration going on in somebody's... Might be mine. I don't know. There you have it. She reminded me of Miss Bernstein that touched the hem of Jesus' garment and virtue went out of him and she was healed and everybody stopped. And they said, what are you stopping for? He says, I felt virtue go out of me. And uh, who did that? Who touched me? And there's Miss Bernstein standing back there with her finger in the air. That's sweet. Listen, I'm going to give you back 10 minutes of your time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, do you want to know if you're in Christ? Really? Because I'm telling you, if you don't want to know, speak now forever, hold your peace. Because once you know, you can't escape the knowledge of the information that you have. Hereby do we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. Old things pass away. Are you still like you used to be? You still go to the same places, hang around the same people, watch the same stuff, listen to the same stuff, talk the same way, act the same way, feel the same way? Or has all things really changed? I'll never be the person I used to be. Not because I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Not because I decided to turn over a new leaf. But because God miraculously saved my soul. Changed me from the inside out. Not from the outside in. And I love Him. I love Him more now. 36 years after Falling in love with Him. I love Him more now than I ever have. I can honestly say that that is true. Because love is not what you feel. 
Love is what you do. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you that you showed that love in what you did. For God so loved the world that he gave. Help us to so love God that we give. Every ounce, every inch, again, our fiber of our being that we give, we surrender, we submit our will to yours, our lordship to yours, that you come into our heart and set up shop, God, that you sit on the throne, that you rule and reign inside of our lives, not from the outside, God, from the inside. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Can I ask you to take a hymn book and stand and turn to page?